Party man. Party people. It's the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time for us to. Welcome back in to another edition, episode 13 of the Bad Beat Podcast. As always, this is your host, JC, here with my main man, Kip. Kip, how we doing today, sir? I'm good. Rainy day in Chicago, uh, Monday night here, so... Rainy day, but we're going to bring the sunshine with a little Frank the Tank interview, Frank Fleming coming up, little Masters. Let's talk about the Masters. Uh, how did our preview fare from last week's episode? Yeah, that was uh, a struggle, to say the least. Um, not strong, not strong. No. The picks were weak. The only thing I can say better about my picks than yours is my picks finished, uh, actually started the tournament and finished. Uh, a couple of them only made it two rounds, but your pick of DJ was pretty terrible as well. Yeah, well, I can say, you know, DJ didn't get the opportunity. I mean, he fell down the stairs. The man fell down the stairs. What's up with your guy's speech? I mean, second year in a row, just fading for me on Sunday. I know that's your boyfriend. Are you going to stick up for him here? What's going on? I I, I do like him. Um, I don't think he played well. He choked. Uh, he hit another one in the water in 12. It wasn't. Yeah, how can he how can he always play twelve so well Friday through Saturday and then Sunday he he chokes on it the last two years. Yeah, it's interesting and it'll be even more interesting next year as it builds to see if he's able to shake that or if it keeps continuing. So, I love the Masters. It was cool to see Sergio win. Um, wasn't my Speak first choice, but not Speak a Sergio guy. Listen, the guy is how many how many majors has it been? Seventy five or something like that that he hasn't won. Sure, close, whatever. Yeah, it's around there. Well, what what's the number? What's the I don't know an exact number. I don't know it. Wow, we really got to work on our research department. I don't know what Inter Masato even does anymore. If Terrible. you can provide us with that basic fact. No. But no, to be Excuse honest me. with you, and I, I don't. Five forty three p.m. He's sleeping still. If you wondering. Keep going. Amazing. I lost my train of thought. Apologies. I just had to tell you that. You were talking about Sergio and how much you don't like him. Here's the thing. It's like a master's slash major tradition that if Sergio's even in the running, he's going to collapse on Sunday, right? I mean, that always happens except for yesterday. Uh the most recent Sunday, but I'm not going to apologize for seeing Sergio's collapse as viewing entertainment. I'm just not going to. Like, great, glad he finally got one, Sergio. Like, you are you don't have the clutch gene now. All of a sudden, you won one out of the last 70-whatever majors. No well, yeah, you can see now. That could be the, the breaking point where he gets over some mental hurdles and dominates. I don't think he has the game to dominate, like a Dustin Johnson, even a Jordan Spieth, but um, if he's in contention now, you have to take him more seriously because he proved himself. See, this is why I don't like when he wins because now I have to hear donkeys like you talk about. Now that he's won one out of 76 majors, he's a serious contender all of a sudden. No, he's not. Don't give me that. Okay. Well, just to further our point here, um, I know you enjoy hitting people and, that, and things like that more than gentlemen's games like 
golf, but um, you were texting me over the weekend about how you thought there was too much sportsmanship in golf. So go ahead and, and talk about that for a second. This is quite the take. Absolutely. Let me just preface this by saying if I'm Justin Rose, I mean, the the way the guy was going out of his way to make Sergio comfortable just baffled my mind. Would you talk shit? (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, I would. Absolutely. Not like during shot, but like what's, what's etiquette for golf there? Like, are they talking to each other in between shots, in between holes? How does that work? Well, those two played on a Ryder Cup, multiple Ryder Cups together. They're good friends, so I'm sure that they were definitely talking a little bit. I think it depends on your relationship with the other golfer. Some do, some yeah. don't. There's nothing there, but I mean, it's not etiquette to be like, hey, Sergio, remember the last 70-something-odd majors you played and you choked in? Yeah, that wouldn't be etiquette, if that's okay. what Okay, so etiquette or winning, what are we looking at here? And And honestly, is Sergio can't win if he's going to get trash talked a little bit then he's too fragile for my liking if i'm rose this is all i'm saying just stick with me here if i'm rose and we're getting into the playoff we're getting into the back nine i'm on that guy every shot just a little hey never been here before sergio hey big drive here sergio hey could be the first one sergio hey don't want to screw this one up sergio i'm there i'm chirping I'm chirping. It's part of the game. Gamesmanship. So I can't. Here's the thing, and here's where I. It's kind of weird. If you, if any of my friends that listen to this podcast were listening to me right now, they'd be laughing because they'd be like, "Kip does that," and I do. So in in our game, I think it's fun, and I think we're at a point where we can do it as friends, casual golfers, maybe betting on the side. But in the, at that level. I think you have to respect the game and the tradition so much that you shouldn't do it. And that's just my take. But I do it personally. Exactly. They they shouldn't get stinking pampered and sugar-coated now that they're professional golfers. When you take your tampon out, let's con- continue this conversation at another time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Listen, all I'm, this is all I'm saying. Let me just, just finish with this. If I'm a golfer with a guy who is, I mean, for lack of a better term, I'm, he's, he clearly has the game and the skills to win a major. We just saw that Sunday, right? So if I'm with a guy who has the game to win the tournament and I'm in contention to win that major tournament, being the Masters this last weekend – and I know his track record is choking or fading off, I'm doing everything I can to help him <laughs> along in that process. And so I'm not going to feel bad about it. Justin Rose's game is just as good. He had just a game, on, game against game. They had the same chance of winning. It wasn't like Sergio's game was that much better. I mean, he right. did So he's out. right there. I'm saying why not tip the scale? Tip the All scale. Right. Give him a little something-something. Tip the scale. I just don't ever, I, I'm okay with the sportsmanship. I don't appreciate the over-sportsmanship. Like, they're going to hug and make out on the course now? What's going on? Yeah, you come from a sport where they just, you know, love to get concussions and things. So, yeah, I get it. You need a little more intensity in your sport. It's, it's, it's soft. 
It's soft. Like the ball's not moving when you hit it, fellas. You you can you can handle yourselves with a little chirping. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the interview with our man Frank Fleming. This is one of my favorite interviews we've done. The guy is a legend. I'm excited to talk to him. Yeah, and Frank was he was playing sick. He had a bad cold, but as he says in the interview, he's like Kyle Ripken. He's playing through the pain and playing through the injury today. We appreciated his time. Before we get to the interview, we're going to get a word from our sponsor, Travelocity. At Travelocity.com, you can book hotel packages, flights and hotels, and even rent cars. Want to get away? In a bad weather destination? Want to go somewhere warm? Travelocity is your answer. Visit Travelocity.com for all your vacation needs, and you won't be disappointed. And today on the Bad Beat Podcast, we are proud to bring in the man, the myth, the legend, New Jersey Transit System's worst nightmare, and SportsEcyclopedia.com creator, Frank, the New Jersey Tank Fleming. Frank, how you doing today, my man? Oh, I'm doing fine. Doing fine now. Got a little bit of a cold from going to two Met games this weekend, but I'm fighting through. I'm like Cal Ripken. I, I'm, yeah. I'm there every day. Frank, you are now an A-list celebrity. There's no debating that. You've been all over. I've seen you on Barstool. I've seen you all over. What What have been a couple of your favorite favorite uh, stops on the interview train these last couple of weeks? Well, obviously, you got to love being uh, just just – Ragging on A-Rock, that just has to at least absolutely take the cake. Barstool was fun, of course. Uh, uh, Maxim, I got interviewed by Maxim. That was interesting. Uh, uh, I was on uh, Lennon Todd in the morning, a uh, radio show here, uh, WOR 710, which is one of the oldest radio stations in America. Frank, course, let me ask just, you this. Let me ask you this. It, it's every Mets fan's dream to actually get to tell A-Rod, which you did, through interview, basically face-to-face that you used to laugh at and enjoy his strikeouts. As a Mets fan, how good does that feel? Oh, it feels exciting. It feels exciting. <clears throat> Telling A-Rod, uh, A-Rod failed a lot. I mean, A-Rod was as bad as bad in the clutch as you can imagine, which is always funny. I mean, if, the game, if it was a 5-1 uh, game, he hit a grand slam home run. If it was a one-run game and the tiny winning runs are on base, chances are he was going to pop up. Classic front-runner. Classic front-runner, right, Frank? A-Rod was just the yes. classic front-runner. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, he was a great player, but a lot of his stats were padded stats. I, I, he was never really a clutch-clutch player. Now, Frank, what's your take on uh, the steroids there? I know pretty uh, – Pretty conclusive that he used them. What are you your know, thoughts? I'm a little more forgiving on the steroid guys, to tell you the truth. Because okay. I think a lot of it was, uh, what's some calls for? I think a lot of it was uh, Bud Selig's fault. Bud Selig and the owners looked the other way. Of course, of course, you know, it was uh, because the players association caused it. They would not. The player association wouldn't allow testing, and the owners were just 
leaping the reward, loving the money, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter who they were using steroids. They looked the other way for a good decade. After the strike, they looked the other way for a good decade. The worst nightmare for them was when the Jose Contenco's book, Juice, came out. That exposed it. That got Congress involved. And then when Congress gets involved, they're looking at this and goes, you're allowing this? How can you allow this? And the last thing baseball wants, or anyone wants, is Congress to come involved in their business. And that's when they started doing testing. And slowly, right. slowly, they had to clean up the game. Hey, man, that's another nightmare. The nightmare that made you famous, that is the New Jersey transit system. We are a couple of Midwest boys. We don't even really understand the system, uh, nor do our listeners as much. Can you give them a little background about what happened with your uh, story as far as what made you famous here? What happened? Well, it's a very, it's a very poorly run system, and they had to derail me the second time in 10 days. And uh, I was like a train that was right behind the derailed train. So they stopped us in the tunnel just as we were about to get to Penn Station. And we were stuck uh, in the tunnel for like 90 minutes. And then they backed us back up to the the station of origin. And while this is happening, the uh, conductor is making announcements. And instead of uh, hearing his announcement, there's a loud buzzing sound because there's like, I don't know, some sort of feedback or interference. So you don't get to hear what he's saying. All you hear is the and you hear him talking, but you can't hear him because of this buzzing sound. So when you get to uh, back to the caucus, they say you have to take a, hut, uh, a Hoboken train to get onto the path. So they announced track H is a Hoboken train. But I get on track, uh, the train is on track H, and the person on the train says, no, no, that's a mistake, that's wrong. They changed it, they changed it. That was an automated system. So she comes running by, and I, she knocks the phone out of my hand while she's running by, and it cracks. You rocking an iPhone? Uh, I have a choice. Okay. Like it. Good choice, Frank. Frank, the thing, you're a man of the people for putting that out there, because the thing about opening day, everybody loves the ceremonies. Just, the ceremonies before the game are just as much a part of the game. As the actual nine innings. The ceremonies, Did you get a, the ceremonies yeah. are what opening day is. It's, you want to go there. You want to see the pageantry. You want to see every player and every and, – and with the Mets, too, they introduce everybody. They introduce the video coordinator. They introduce the bad boys. They introduce the trainers. And the trainers always get booed because they're incompetent. They always get the players hurt. And Yeah, let me ask you something, Frank. Let me ask you about uh, – the Mets training staff. One, why are they still employed? Two, why can't they keep any of your pitchers healthy? Why are they still employed? I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if they have uh, if they uh, have uh, compromising pitchers or they know where the Bernie Madoff money went. I mean, <laughs> it has to be something. I mean, it's, it's definitely not know-how and skill. I actually think that the Mets trainer is Dr. Nick from The Simpsons. Yes. That's who he is. (laughs) Yes, Frank. I'm telling you, they're a good training staff away from the World Series. I I mean, it's happened again. I mean, you have Stephen Matthews hurt again, 
And they said the Mets don't know why he's hurt. You don't know why. What he's are hurt. they? What are they paying those guys for then? I don't know. I was at the game Saturday, and the umpire got hit. He got hit uh, on a wild pitch. It was a the uh, the ball got by the catcher. It could have been a pass ball too. Uh, but the uh, the ball got by the catcher and hit him like right square in the knee. And uh, he's wincing and he's in pain. So the Mets trainer comes out, and I'm thinking, if I'm that umpire, I wave him off and ask the Marlins trainer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Frank, if there's enough injuries, could Tim Tebow pitch? (laughs) No, he's not a pitcher. (laughs) He's trying to play the outfield. Oh, I understand, but you know Tim can do everything, baby. You might be down to your last option if, if... if enough injuries occur, Timmy might be out there throwing some knuckleballs or something. <laughs> oh, boy. Frank, That's where are you at on the that. Tebow train? Where are you at on the Tebow train? Are you a fan, not a fan? What do you think? I'm actually a fan. I, I know his odds are like 50 to 1, and he's doing it right. He's going to the low, low minors. He's going to play for the Columbia Fireflies with the glow-in-the-dark hat which is the coolest hat in, major, in the minors right now, it's, that ha- actually has a glow-in-the-dark firefly on it. That's and uh, you know he's that, got a couple right? of home runs. He's looked pretty good. And uh, what he's going to do is he's going to do like every other minor leaguer does. He's just a little older. And if he's good enough, he'll climb the ladder. He'll go to St. Lucie. He'll go to Binghamton. He'll go to Las Vegas. And then uh, maybe he'll reach the majors one day. Yeah, and you can't not like Tebow. I mean, he's a great guy. You can't not like the guy, so you got to root for him. I don't understand, how many, I don't understand how why many, people don't like him. Yeah, neither do I, Frank. It doesn't make any sense. They're just haters. How many Mets games are you going to be <coughs> this year? What's the package look like? Well, I have a 20-game package. I go to the, uh, the Saturday games. I typically sell the Friday games I get along with it. Yeah, it's hard for me to get out there on a Friday. I mean, after it's, it's bad enough to deal with uh, the, the transit system uh, – on a day I'm off. So get a day after yeah, work. Through the transit system. The only problem is it's so expensive to get parking, and then the bridges and tunnels are, like, so expensive to get out there. And it's not an easy trip. It's a long trip from where I'm at in Jersey here. Okay, Frank, let me ask you this. How has your game viewing experience changed? You used to just be one of the boys, one of the fans at the game, now you go, and people are like, man, that's Frank Fleming, the Frank Fleming, and you got to get autographs. you got to, you know, you got to please the people. you got to take pictures with them. you got to do what you do when you're uh, a Frank. How has it changed? I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting a kick out of it. It's just like, I just think it's the craziest thing in the world. I think it's terrific. I think it's fun. I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, someone actually had me sign a New Jersey Transit ticket. Wow. Love it. Frank, I've got to ask you: Are you a are you a married fella or are you single, my friend? I'm single. I'm single. Well, this has to uh, this can't hurt the lady game, can it? No, it, 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 it won't hurt it. It's for sure. Okay, are you on the Bumble? We've got our intern on the Bumble. I'm on the Bumble. Is Frank Fleming on Bumble? No, I'm not. Are you familiar? Actually, I'm not. I've never heard of it. Oh, it's the best online dating app you're going to find, Frank. We need to make you a profile. 
Take advantage of the fame, baby. What are your thoughts? We'll see. We'll see. I, I'll send you a couple, I'm just uh, find- a couple examples of our profile, show you what it's about, and, and we'll see from there. Yeah, that sounds good. Man, I, if I was famous, that would be the first place I'd go, the Bumble. <laughs> well, we'll see. Frank, I like, I do like the. You have a very distinct look. I like the tie look you, that you have in the in your profile picture. That's a classy look. I like that. That's a good look. That's very Frank Fleming. Plus, you're distinguished as a celebrity now. I just want to comment. That's very nice. I want to ask you a little bit about Sports Encyclopedia, the site you've been doing. Is it or is it not true? That you, I think you said you had a week where you were sick and you didn't update it, but other than that, you've updated <laughs> the site every day for 16 years? Um, more or less. I've missed maybe a few days here and there. Um, maybe I had a sleep apnea study once. I was traveling once. Uh, I missed two days last year when I was uh, camping in Cooperstown. So you really are the uh, yeah, you was, really are the Cal Ripken of the blog world. There's no doubt about it. And I that. had a I had an irregular heartbeat and a bout with MRSA last year. Battling through. How you doing? How you doing today, Frank? How you feeling health wise? Uh, other than the cold, uh, I'm fine. So it's a minor cold. It's not. It's just more of an annoying cough than anything. So that's pretty good. Well, the site, you're doing a great job on the site. We go, we're happy to see that. Thanks. Continue to get updated every day. It's looking great. We appreciate what you do there. Uh, I want well, to ask site. How, how has the site done as far as listeners or uh, viewers go? Has a lot more people been checking out your site since the fame? Yes, yes, yes. It's, uh, the, the first night was ridiculous. It, like, skyrocketed to where I never thought I would get for one day. It was basically about as much as I get usually in a month in one day. That's amazing. That's awesome. I actually, I clicked on, Frank, you got the MLB, you got the breakdown, you got a predicted record for every team in Major League Baseball. I'm I'm going down right now. Now, I want to ask you about this prediction you made about your boys, the Mets. Now, this 95 and 67, does this mean you're giving more grace to the training staff all of a sudden? Well, I figure this way. They won 87 games last year, and they were ravaged by injury. So if they're just a little healthy this year, that should tack on an eight wins, an extra eight wins. Okay. Okay. I like it. I, like I mean, if Matt Harvey's healthy, that should help. And he's looked very, he looked very good in his first start. They just got to get the hitting yeah. up. If Harv's back, you're back, Frank. You're back. I mean, he looked really good last week. I mean, and Thor has been unbelievable so far. Now, are you thinking World Series? I believe I either saw that or read that somewhere. You're thinking yes, World I do. Series, I think the right? Mets can win the World Series. <laughs> I think the Mets are the team the Cubs want to see least. I think they're the team the uh, Cubs match up worse with in any team in baseball. Okay, okay. Now, Frank, you're kind of a homer, self-admittedly. You know, the Mets are your squad. Who's your favorite Met of all time? It might be Mike Piazza. Because you know what? As crazy as it sounds, 
Mike Piazza reminds me of an uncle. Of your uncle? Reminds me of my uncle. Tell me more. Uh, well, my uncle is Italian. Uh, I'm part Italian. He's, my uncle is uh, half Italian. I'm quarter Italian. And this uncle is basically like this hardcore heavy metal rock fan. And Mike Piazza is a hardcore heavy metal rock fan. And it's just like they have like the same personality. The same way they talk, the same way they just, the same like mannerisms. Same look? Uh, not quite, uh, but my uh, uncle's uh, considerably smaller and thinner. But same like mannerisms. Okay, I gotcha. Was your uncle a baseball player or just, just from a purely mannerism and kind of how they acted? Mannerisms. Mannerisms, okay. acting like. Gotcha. Interesting. Who's your least favorite Yankee? Least favorite Yankee of all time. Hmm. A-Rod's a good candidate. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, there's a, I mean, you couldn't hate Jeter. Jeter, you, you got to respect Jeter. Uh, a lot of people hated Jeter. Uh, I'll tell you who it is. Roger Clemens. <laughs> We were debating between in the between the two of us. We were like, we'll ask him who his least favorite Yankee was, and we were thinking it'd be Clemens or A Rod. But we were thinking, oh, I, I hate Clemens. I hate, uh, and he's such a meathead. I just wanted to bat at Piazza that way. I forgot about that. Absolutely. How dirty was Clemens riding in his prime? Do you think, Frank? Well, he, Clemens said he. He uh, taught him how to use steroids, and after he started how to use steroids, he had to, his career got revitalized. Mm, funny how See, like that I said, works. I'm in a different Frank. mindset. I'm in a different mindset with these steroid guys. I think he needs. I think Facebook needs to forgive him. Get get past yeah. it. Recognize that it happened. Honor them in the Hall of Fame. Put like an asterisk, and you don't put an asterisk over them. You just call that era the steroid era. Oh, no like doubt. They have it was the, not. Yeah. yeah. The dead ball era. Right? It had the dead ball era, and yeah. now you had the steroid era. Do you think there should be a distinction between uh, people, <clears throat> players that admitted it, you know, right after their playing career, as opposed to players that are still denying it? I think they should. Uh, I think the players who get who get caught now should be punished, and I think the players who used back then they should just. If they, I think it would be good if they came clean, but you just have to call it the steroid era. I think at the end of the day, more than half of the players are using steroids. Maybe using something. Uh, okay, I think I think you're right about that, Frank, and I would agree with you. Let me ask you this. Now, if you're in favor of the steroid guys getting in, which I don't disagree with. I'm a Reds fan. What do you think about my boy P. Rose getting into the Hall of Fame? Where does that stand in your mind? The Hall of Fame will not be complete until Peter Edward Rose has a plaque on the wall. You preach it, Frank. You preach. I don't care that he bet on his own team. He never bet against them. And, you know, it's illegal. He deserved to get punished. He shouldn't manage again. He, of course, he won't manage again. He's almost, what's he, 77 now? Yeah. Something like that, 76. 
So I don't think there's any worry about that. I just think that to have him get inducted, they should put Sooner Stone in the Hall of Fame too. The dirt all, dirt all time batting average. And there's uh, evidence that we suggest that he took money, but he played hard in the, in the uh, 1919 World Series. I, uh, Frank, but, it's <laughs> like you take the words out of my mouth. I, I agree. I agree with you. Everything you're saying here. Steroid, who do you blame for that? Is that a Selig thing? I mean, who are we holding responsible? Uh, that, well, Jose Canseco is one of the people responsible. He got in this hell. He, he played in Modesto, California. And uh, he went to a weight club, and uh, that's where he learned how to use steroids. He took steroids into the game, and he taught every – he played for so many teams, it like to became a circle. Uh, Lenny Dykes just started using steroids after looking at uh, Kinsenko. And when people – because everyone knew Kinsenko was juicing. Everyone knew. And it was, everyone knew who the juicers were. They, they just looked the other way. The, it was like the, the three monkeys. You ever see the monkeys? See no evil, hear no evil, seek no evil. That's what the owners were doing during the steroid era. They didn't want, they, they just loved the, the home runs are flying out, the fans are coming back. After the strike, that's what all they cared about. They cared about that McGuire social change. It brought, it brought fans back. I mean, it, it, the score was struggling after that strike. That strike, that back-breaking strike, that Felix was basically immediately responsible for. And yet it's insulting. I can't believe Bud Felix in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, what is that about? That's ridiculous. And to me, the people that put Bud Felix in the Hall of Fame, now you have no right to speak out against the producers. If you put Bud Felix in the Hall of Fame, if you put Bud Felix in the Hall of Fame, then every single juicer needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Amen. Everyone, Preach. everyone, McGuire, Sosa, I don't care how much they use. If they had the Hall of Fame numbers, the Hall of Fame stats, and their qualifications on the field say Hall of Fame, I don't care what they use anymore. You put Bud Selig in the Hall of Fame, he's the one who I blame most for the steroid era. Kurt Schilling? You a Kurt Schilling guy? You think he'll get in? I like Kurt Schilling. I like Kurt Schilling. I think think he should be in the Hall of Fame. I you know, agree. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's 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 not someone that bowls you over. You you go, oh, you can't deny him. But to me, he's he's one of those people that should be in the Hall of Fame. I think he, him, and Mike Messina, Tom. You know who should be in the Hall of Fame? Never really got the respect. And I think he's going to get in in the Veterans Committee in a few years. Tommy John. Look how many games he won. Look how many games he won after the surgery, and look what that surgery has just changed. Baseball. It's called Tommy John surgery. I think this, right. I think that you put that, that the fact that it's called Tommy John surgery. He won 280 something games, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, he has. You have to consider putting Tommy John Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Hey Frank, I have a question. We know that the the Mets game is coming up here. We want to let you get plenty of time before the game. But do you have any rituals, superstitions, traditions? Uh, four Mets games that you do prior to the game or during the games? Not really. Not when I go to games, I just uh, sometimes I might do the same thing. I might sit in the uh, the, uh, the Foxwoods Lounge for a couple of them uh, just before the national anthem is sung and have my food before the game. I don't like I don't like eating during the game. Do you bring a glove to the game? 
No. No. I saw you Where bring you... a nice camera, though. I saw a picture of you with a yeah, camera. I... You snapped some shots. Yeah, I take pictures. Okay. I take pictures during the game. Nice. I like that. <laughs> the, the gloves are for the kids to bring to the game. The camera are for the men to bring to the game. I'm, I, yeah, I periodically like the, I'll start taking yeah. pictures. Different, I'll take pictures of different players. Uh, I, I used to take more pictures, but now I, I, but I still take a lot of uh, pictures. And then I take some pictures on my phone, too, so I can tweet, tweet and uh, do some Facebook about the games, my opinions from the game while I'm sitting at the game, just like I'm at home. Nice. Hey, are the, oh. hey Frank, are the Mets still paying Bobby Bonilla? Every year. For how July long? First. <laughs> 25 how long years. Last? 25 years. And to someone who lives that payment, might... He'll get his last payment in like 2036. 2030. How long has he been retired? Do you know, Frank, offhand? Since 2002, I believe. 2002, and the Mets are stuck paying him, I believe it's over a million, right? $1.1 million annually. Frank, you know it July 1st. all. And he's, he's paid till what year? 2036. Unbelievable. So 25 years. 25 years. Wow. So, he Frank, what do, you have, uh, what do you have going on as far as any projects coming up or anything you're going to be doing? Oh, uh, well, I'm talking with a couple of companies. I'm talking here and there, seeing what could develop. Okay. That's awesome. Um, well, hey, man, we wish you the best. It's been uh, great talking to you. Um, Follow our have- boy on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle, Frank? NJTank99. Uh, my, my, I think that's what it is. It's, it's NJTank99 at gmail.com is the uh, Twitter address, maybe. That, that might get you here. I, use I like it. We'll drop, we'll drop the at gmail.com for the Twitter, so it's just at NG, NJ Tank 99 and what's the website again Frank can you tell tell the fans out Sports there the encyclopedia.com sportsencyclopedia.com keep an eye on it in the next few days I'm going to be uh, doing NHL awards and I'm going to be doing NHL first round preview and that bad boy is updated daily Frank kills it on that page it's amazing Frank, we appreciate you coming on. We got to have you back on, maybe All-Star break, maybe even when the Mets win the World Series. What do you think, Frank? Oh, that would be terrific. That would be terrific. Just, just any time, uh, just let me know. Hey, we appreciate you, th- Frank. Thanks for taking a couple minutes, and let's go Mets. Great interview from our man, Frank the Tank. I gotta get, he is a legend. Uh, speaking of legends, legendary feet. Russell Westbrook recorded the, the, the most number of triple-doubles in NBA history uh, last night. Who is your pick for MVP of the NBA? Russell, James Harden, LeBron James, who do you got? Yeah, I, to me, and Kawhi's in there too. Like, I could definitely see people make a case for Kawhi, and I I couldn't argue with that too much, but I – Listen, I got to go with Westbrook. When a guy averages more triple-doubles for a season in games than he has games without a triple-double, that's just the guy I'm going with. I don't care about this, Jazz. Some people talk about, like, because they're a lower seed, yada, yada, yada. Look who they're playing. Look who he's playing with. 
It's not that bad of a roster. Oh, it's terrible. Who do you like on that roster? They have Victor Oladipo. Uh, They just... They just robbed the Bulls of Taj Gibson and Dougie Fresh. They're a decent roster. You are okay. You're, you're drunk. What What is that team doing without him? I agree. But what are, what are the Houston Rockets? Name the starting five of the Houston Rockets. Oh, the Rockets have way more talent than the Thunder. Okay, There's no them. question about that. There's no question about that. Stop Googling, Googling it on your computer right now and name them. I can't prove it because we're not together, but hit me with them ASAP. Hit, hit you with who? The starting lineup of the Rockets. You've already Googled it now. Damn no, I, I've Googled nothing. Ariza, Patrick Beverly, Ryan Anderson, and I can't place the center. I, 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 Capella? Is Capella the center? I have no idea. Don't Yeah, care. and they also. They also have Eric Gordon. He's in there somewhere. Yeah, you Googled that. No, I didn't Google that. You're an idiot. They have two or three, probably three players better than anyone the Thunder has, other than Westbrook. No. I'd take Ariza, Beverly, and Gordon over Oladipo any day. Yeah, five years ago, maybe. (laughs) Those guys are so out of their prime, it's silly. The MVP should be based on who is the most valuable player to their team. Look what Harden's done. He didn't even play point guard, and look how many wins he's manufactured. Just because Russell Westbrook's teammates let him like get the stats he needs to get triple doubles when games are out of reach and all that crap, don't tell me they don't, because on free throws, I've never seen a point guard get more rebounds than off of a free throw, a missed free throw by the other team. The two bigs back to south, and let little Russell Westbrook grab the rebound every time. He's manipulated his stats. I don't care. Give me Harden. Give me LeBron. Russell is third, in my opinion. Third. I, I, I don't know why you're so angry that a guy gets rebounds off of... Uh... It's chicken shit rebounds. They're all... The, in the fourth quarter, they were down like 20 points against the Suns the other night. And he was wide open. They were letting him shoot. And the, the guys on the Suns were saying that they were having to guard all the other guys and were letting him shoot, but he'd still pass. Have you ever seen Russell Westbrook look to pass? Oh, no. The only time he's going to look to pass is when his stats matter and he's trying to get a triple-double. I've seen That's him look to pass. I've actually watched their games, unlike you, and I've seen him look to pass to facilitate a lot in the first quarter. And I've seen many games where he has started pass first and then – the guys he has around him don't do the basic things to hit the basic shots he's setting them up for. Why would he continue to do that? I try to watch the NBA, and I end up falling asleep on the couch. If they put out a better product, I could make it for more than 10 minutes of a game. Terrible product. Okay, well, you know, I think there's just as good a case that LeBron could win it with the stats he's putting up and how efficiently he is shooting the ball. But because he's LeBron, he's not going to get the consideration, and he's probably not going to win, which is unfortunate. But you and I will agree to disagree on the Harden versus Westbrook uh, discussion here. So let's move on to the rant of the week. And we couldn't top this one. We couldn't do it better ourselves if we tried. So, Kip, I'm going to hand the floor to you and just explain to the listeners what we're going to do this week for the rant. 
Yeah, we're going to hand off the mic to Michael Rappaport. I uh, probably said his name wrong. It's a tough name for me to say, but uh, he had a rant about LeVar Ball. That was one of the best rants we've ever heard. Uh, it almost caused us to change the name of this segment, the Gundy of the Week, to the, well, we probably would have changed the name, but his last name is so hard to say we chose not to. Yeah, it's close. It's still under your... discussion. It's close. It is. Let's turn it over to our guy, Michael, for the rant of the week. NCAA championship with three white guys. What's the math on a half-white, half-black guy? Those three white guys on your son's team are why he averaged eight assists a game, his most precious and appealing stat. Those three white guys didn't get their ass cracked by De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. Every time someone talks about LeVar Ball, they preface it by saying, he's a good father. He obviously cares about his kids. Big fucking deal. You're supposed to be a good father. You're supposed to care about his kids. Why are we giving him a participation trophy for that shit? And if he is such a good father, why is he shitting on other people's kids and his son's teammates publicly? LeVar Ball, hold your head, all right? You're like a bullying soccer mom. And you're going to talk your son down in the NBA draft, which is a first. And big bowler brand t-shirts look uncomfortable as f- Thank you, too, Michael, for the rant of the week. That was definitely... Uh, well said. Couldn't agree with you more, sir. Um, had a great episode. Thank you for to Frank Fleming for coming on today with us. And if you liked what you heard, definitely give us a review. Subscribe to the podcast. But for now, it's closing time. Okay.